0: Welcome to the Brew Crew Review podcast, the show by fans or fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. All right, Brewer fans, welcome to the Brew Crew Review podcast. My name is Craig, and joining me today is Scott Bartel. How are you doing, Scott? Um,
1: doing okay. All right, we're gonna have. Unfortunately, we're gonna to have to really shoulder the load because Vince and Chad are both out this week. So, yeah, we'll, we're just gonna to have to, you know, you get sometimes you got you just gotta forge
0: ahead. That's right, and that's what the Brewers are doing. Um, as we, as you're listening to this, podcast, of. we're entering September, and. Uh, Last time we take the podcast, I believe we may have still been in first place, but uh, we had made some trade deadline moves that were not too amenable for current success for the team. With that being said, um, as we enter September, the Brewers are less than two games back of the final wildcard spot. Um, and so they have, you know, possibly like a 50 50 chance to still sneak into the playoffs somehow. So we'll try to focus on those positives. Um, we won't mention, uh, most of what happened in the last month, but. The Brewers, um, you know, enter September with a chance here for playoff run. I know that Frey Peralta is finally returned to the rotation in August and, um uh, He's getting kind of stretched out and hopefully he can be a contributor down the, down the stretch run here as we got the big three all healthy. That's a good thing. And um, Devin Williams is at the is our new closer and uh, a couple other bullpen arms Matt Bush on the team now. Um, so I guess we're holding the fort down. Um, Taylor Rogers as well. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we can make a push here for the playoffs. And I think if we could sneak in, I'd probably get matched up against the Los Angeles Dodgers in the first round. But I'm sure we can take them a three-game set with our pitcher. So, the excitement here for Brewer fans um, as we try to have uh, root the team to make the playoffs for the uh, would-be fifth consecutive year. But uh, this is going to be an uphill battle. What are your thoughts?
1: I don't know. But when I thought about – Meeting up with the Dodgers in the first round, I thought, you know, I, I still think there's a, a lot of fans that are just thinking, you know, this is still like a make a deep playoff run, try to get to the World Series again, or else it's just kind of a lost year. But I was thinking about um, uh, the Badgers when they beat undefeated Kentucky, but then they lost uh, in the final four, but then they lost to Duke in the national championship game. I think that's probably what would happen even if we did get past the Dodgers. Um, you know, then we wind up getting bounced out by the Cardinals or something. Just something to, you know, have another gut punch to, the, to this crazy year.
0: <laughs> yeah. But maybe not. And so a couple of things have happened in the month of August. Uh, Kesson Heroes got called back up to the major leagues unfortunately rowdy to suffered injury, uh, shortly before, um, this podcast. So I think his and might be get some more at bats, but he has had a couple of walk-off home runs, some big hits. He's been, his bat has been pretty on point since he's been returned to the majors from triple a. So that was kind of the bat we needed to add at the deadline. Apparently, um, so good job front office. Um, And another bat that we've recently added is uh, one of our top prospects and former first round pick Garrett Mitchell, formerly from the university of UCLA, (laughs) university of California, Los Angeles. Um, And uh, yeah, so he's getting his feet wet made a major league debut the other day. And uh, yeah, so there is some excitement, uh, for September, the Brewers. And, and, and again, I, I think the, the main thing is that, uh, it'll, it'll be an interesting schedule. Fans should remember that, uh, because of the late start of this season, um, started about a week or so late the regular season got extended one week into October, I believe. And I think we actually wrap up at home with, a, I think a three or four game set against the Diamondbacks first week of October. Um, actually weekday games, which is kind of an odd way to end the season. I think every season usually ends on a Sunday night historically, but this time I think it's going to end like on a Wednesday or Thursday or something like that. So it should be an interesting playoff push. Um, Yeah, so I don't know. You wanted to talk about the Milwaukee Brewers, Scott.
1: Um, yeah, I guess so. Actually, um, this is a little bit scary, but, um, obviously very, very, very small samples, but, um, Carrot Mitchell and Keston here have the two highest OPSs on the Burrs team. So, and they're both right around 850. So it's not exactly great either, but I mean, it's, it's certainly respectable, but yeah, obviously, you know, that probably says more about the rest of the team than about them, but I'm glad to see that they're doing well.
0: Uh, yeah, it's been a down year offensively for many players around the entire major leagues, not just on the Milwaukee Brewers roster. Um So that's interesting. Obviously major league baseball did a little bit of uh, ch- making some changes with the, with the baseball, um, And unfortunately, it's uh, brought home runs down and also batting averages across the league. But especially with your Milwaukee Brewers, I mean, if you look at our our starting lineup, almost every player in the starting lineup is under 250, I believe. Um, Do want to give some kudos to Christian Yalich, who since being inserted as a leadoff hitter has had a pretty good second half. Uh, of the season. Uh, With that being said, he's even had a little bit of power come back, but for the most part, MVP Christian Yelich is probably not coming all the way back, but solid leadoff hitter Christian Yelich is here, and he's proving some value to the Brewers. Um, Fortunately, I I believe our cleanup hitter is still like Andrew McCutcheon, so I mean, he is a former MVP himself, but uh, that was like I think at least a decade ago. So, um, yeah, I mean, fortunately, the Brewers are lacking a little bit of bop in the lineup, so to speak, and having a hard time scoring runs. But we have had pretty good pitching from Carbon Burns and Brandon Woodruff. And now, Freddie I is back, Eric Lauer's had a pretty solid year. And he would be a very valuable asset if we did get – into the playoffs and have to face the Dodgers because apparently he's a Dodger killer. I think every time he's faced he's very well, so that's kind of a nice little secret weapon to have. Especially in a potential three-game playoff series when we can guarantee a win. But uh, anyway, yeah, so...
1: Unfortunately, the Dodgers have like four Brewer killers in their lineup, but yeah. I mean, hopefully it'll work out.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So again you got to be in it to win it so to speak and i'm not talking about running out to play the lottery west Dallas uh uh what i'm talking about is the brewers need to get in the playoffs in order to make it to the world series so that is step number one it's such a great first half of the season where we were in first place from in the division for most of the year and then the trade deadline happened and uh I don't know, some of the wind got sucked out of the sails of your Milwaukee Brewer, so to speak. I know that Devin Williams came out right away after the hater trade and made some disparaging comments in the media about how you know they were very saddened by lo- by losing Josh Hader. And I know in the last couple of weeks, uh, Eric Lowers actually spoke out in that same regard where it kind of feels like front office kind of gave up on the team so to speak what are your thoughts on though I know Vince thinks those kind you know having those comments to the media is kind of unprofessional should probably be kept in-house what, what are your overall thoughts on that that uh, Eric Lauer saying something Scott in the last couple of weeks yeah
1: I mean I I hate to say it but he I mean he's echoing the sentiments of probably 80 percent of Brewer fans and so Um, I, I think that there's probably a better, more eloquent way of saying what he did. Um, but at the same time, I don't really mind if, you know, if, if players want to speak out about anything, it, you know, it, it's out there for whoever wants to listen to it. I personally, I don't, I don't put too much stock in it one way or the other, but, um, I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day. Uh, the Brewers were apparently in a tough position, and I think that had they acquired at least one decent bat, I think that you wouldn't we wouldn't be discussing it or talking about how much blowback the front office is getting. but at the end of the day, they didn't get it so.
0: What can you yeah. do? and I mean in Laura's defense, he was asked by a reporter the question pointedly, and in his response just said something along the lines of it, it didn't send the right message from the front office to the players. He's saying it didn't send the right message, of course it didn't. I mean, you're trading you're taking a first place team and you're trading away their all-star closer for some future assets, basically. And with a year and a half of Team control still left. I mean, I think at one point the Brewer fans thought that it was a good idea to trade here while he still had some value. Um, But it just seemed like really bad timing for this team, who was having a fairly pretty good season to that point. And it kind of, like I said, took the wind out of their sails. And fortunately, you know, let them have a pretty – bad august um and that puts us here at the season we to end today september 1st the bird will not be making the playoffs and that's tough for fans as well like you said and i, I think from being in the actual locker room i mean it, it's hard when you're battling out there every day 162 game season is a long grind and you know you're, you're having success with the composition of the team with your teammates and you know your friends, coworkers, whatever do you want to call them? Your teammates. I mean, these are guys that you see every day, and that you're. When the front office makes a move that's not positive for your current team, I mean, it, it does send the wrong message. And, and I agree with Eric Lauer. We um, send the message that we're playing for the future. We're not playing for this year. Period. And. To yeah, the first place team. I think is a little is a tough pill to swallow for the Brewer teammates themselves and for Brewer fans, and that's that's kind of how it's played out. Um, with that being said, the Brewers have hung in this race, and part of it is because they traded Josh Hare to the Padres, and he has blown so many saves for them that they actually took him out of the role temporarily, and has led in, in spite of their acquisition of Juan Soto and Josh Bell. And even Brandon Drury, who's completely kicking butt, actually, with the bat. um, They somehow are still losing games and are only, uh, as of this podcast, a game and a half, I believe, above the Brewers um, for the final wild card spot. So, again, they're going to have a tough schedule down the stretch, and we're uh, going to have a pretty interesting schedule ourselves. But, and the Brewers Brewers do have a really nice home slate for the last month of the season. A lot lot more home games than away games, so that could really work in our advantage. And I know the Padres have a lot of divisional games against the Giants, Dodgers, and Diamondbacks. So those are a couple of tough teams, Diamondbacks notwithstanding. Uh, they, uh, They have some decent pitching and have kind of been overachievers themselves this year. So, I mean, as long as... The Brewers win games, I think that they still have a chance to sneak the playoffs once you're in, like I said, anything can happen. So trying to put a positive spin on it. I think it's gonna be disappointing if we miss out on the playoffs by a couple of games. And really harking it'll harken back to what you said is like why didn't they add more offense to this team at the deadline? And it just my thoughts or my belief is that the rumors are out there that they tried to add offensive bat or whatnot to the tra- deadline and ultimately they didn't actually get the trade done because they weren't willing to pay the price. And none of the details of that came out or whatever on who we are trying to acquire and what the price would be. But again, maybe in the long term, when we're contending this time next year, um, and we still have Garrett Mitchell like in the starting lineup rather than having traded him as an example. And again, I don't know that he was someone that we held back not willing to trade or whatever, but just as an example, um, you know, maybe hindsight will be 2020 that it'll end up being a good thing that this, this is did not have the team to make a deep playoff run this season with our, with our current offensive makeup. But it, it again, it's just, it, it's hard to have the big three plus Eric Lauer in place here under team control here. And for it to kind of like pass up on an opportunity, which this season seemed to have been presenting itself as a, as a way to make a run, but, but we shall see. So, um, no,
1: we definitely made, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I'm going to say that we've definitely um, put our 2022 bite at the apple in jeopardy. And, you know, our whole goal of making trades is as many bites as possible or whatever, but yeah, that it, it's still a coin flip, whether or not we get in. Cause yeah, uh, we're not playing great. It is not pitching great. The Padres aren't playing great in general and it's pretty much going to come down to one of those two teams so whichever one of them gets hot first is probably gonna make it um we obviously have a little bit more legwork to do than they do but we'll see how it goes I also wanted to say that I don't think um I like reporters that ask the tough questions but I don't think it's right to kind of put Lauer on the spot like that because you know he wants to obviously answer the question and be as transparent as possible but like imagine if I came into work and then somebody walked up to me and put a camera in front of me and said, hey, um, what do you think of your boss? Like, do you do you think he's doing enough? And, and then, uh, you know, I, I'd i say, w- uh, where's this going anyway? And they're like, oh, no, we're going to put it all over everywhere. Everyone's going to see this. I'm like, oh, okay. So, I mean, it's kind of a, it's a rough position to put anybody in. So that, that's disappointing, I guess, but. I don't know. Um, well, but yeah, I, I'm like just, you, but it was
0: more of a straight shooter and like calling a spade to spade. And I mean, there's no other way to really spin the, what, I mean, what the front office did. I mean, they traded our all-star closer on a first place team. They had a year and a half team control over still. And, and they didn't get full value for him. In my current opinion, I mean, and I think a lot of people feel that same way all across baseball. But obviously, if you want to put some positive spin on it, Hater has been terrible for the Padres so far. Perhaps there's something wrong with him. Uh, perhaps it's injury related and it was the best time to get something for him before, you know, it, what if they didn't trade him and he spent the next year almost on like the shelf for the Brewers and then became a free agent and we got nothing for him. So I mean, again, hindsight's kind of 2020. I I think the bottom line is we probably spent the majority of the last podcast, um, yeah, complaining about this trade, or at least I did. And then most of the free time between these two podcasts, I've been doing that as well, uh, unfortunately. (laughs) But (laughs) the the bottom line is um, the season still has a month left, over a month left, and the Brewers have a chance to still make the playoffs with this team and. Again, in defense of that move, they did acquire Taylor Rogers, who is the closer for the Padres, the left-handed closer for the Padres. And he's been a valuable piece to this bullpen for this year. He's only under control for this year. But I mean, I think that they thought that the step down from Hayter to Rogers for this year was probably worth acquiring a couple of prospects in S3 Ruiz, who could be a potential future center fielder um and robert gasser who could be a nice rotation piece moving forward in fact he has pitched very well for double a and he just got promoted triple a so i mean he could be he's very close to the majors i mean uh used to be in triple a he could be contributing for us at some point next season even at the major league level so it's that's kind of exciting so the bottom line is the Brewers do have some really nice starting pitching. And Aaron Ashby, let's talk a little bit about Aaron Ashby. I think that everyone had high expectations. He pitched so well last year, and you can see but when you watch him pitch how much potential he has. Now, this also has happened since our last podcast. But the Brewers did actually sign Aaron Ashby to a contract extension. Now, again. that
1: yeah this is this is sort of similar to the freddie peralta deal
0: right yeah so that he we he was arbitration eligible and we're buying out all those years um so um, it's a five-year 20 million dollar deal and we also have club options i think uh, a couple of club options beyond that is really nice and similar to a Freddie Peralta deal where, um, again, we're paying him before he's really shown success at the major league level or much of it. And he's really had a down year this year. But the contract that uh, will allow for two club options for 2028 of $9 million and and 2029 of $13 million, and those would have been times when he was an unrestricted free agent. So if he becomes a quality major league starter that we all think that he will, um, that contract's gonna be looking very favorable for the brewers. Um, so kudos to the front office for getting that signed on And for Aaron Ashby, you know, I think that contract makes a ton of sense too. You're giving yourself some some financial security, so to speak. Um, you know, you as a young pitcher, anything can happen. I mean, he can either a not find sustained success in the next couple of years, or he could sustain an injury. And so you'll end up, you know, not earning this money. Um, So I think having that contract uh, provides some security for him and his family, but it all, I think it all end up being a good deal for the Milwaukee birds, just like Freddie Peralta's contract. Well, um, barring health or whatever. So I think that was a really, really awesome signing. And so, I mean, we really have some nice starting pitching in this, in this organization right now, and that's something that we went many, many decades not having very much uh, quality starting pitching at all. So it's really refreshing as a Burr fan to know that we have this, the pitching of there for us. And now it's just, you know, we need offense, basically. And I think that we're really missing that middle of the order header. Obviously, we had Ryan Braun for so many years um, as that middle of the order header, franchise hitter. And then we had Christian Yelich, following him up with a couple of those couple of MVP seasons that we acquired him, And now that he's fallen off, it's like we're really seem to be missing that cornerstone hitter in the middle of our lineup. Um, and I think, you know, that's unfortunate because I don't see anyone in their minor leagues right now that could fill that, that role potentially. However, we should mention, um, There is one minor leaguer that shot not only the top of the Brewers prospect list, but to the top of Major League Baseball's prospect list with just the season he's having. And that's Jackson Trio. I know we mentioned him on the last episode, but he's a 19-year-old outfielder who is now in high A ball um, and hitting very, very well. He's had a phenomenal season. And he's, I think he's been ranked, uh, all the way up to the number two prospect in all baseball, according to baseball America in their latest update, which is pretty, pretty exciting. I don't remember the last time the Brewers had prospect quite that high. I think Ryan Braun and Prince Fielder were both top 10 overall prospects in baseball when they first were making their way through minor leagues. But since then, I don't think that we've had a, a prospect quite that highly rated. So that's pretty exciting.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when you mentioned, you know, obviously the, uh, you know, Aaron Ashby and like some of these other contracts that we've had, obviously um, I've probably been uh, more than my share of critical towards Stern, uh in the last couple episodes. But um, having said that, he's always preached that, um, you know, the way for the Brewers to succeed is by obtaining young, controllable talent and to be able to get those two last years as club options not mutual options even, but club options, that's huge. So yeah, hats off. Good job.
0: Yeah. And and a lot of times it just comes out of there. They're going to be, a, you know, a, a player option or club option, the mutual options hardly ever work out um, or the both, both sides agree to contract Cause you're either earning the money or you're not. I mean, are you earning your keeper or not? There's, uh so yeah I, I do think that having the club option gives them a lot of flexibility in case the player does not work out and then if they do i think you're getting a bargain so it's kind of it's really very franchise friendly these type of deals and and they have it happening throughout major league baseball and, and it is a leap of faith for the organization to make that commitment to such a young player that has not really proven themselves yet and aaron ashby is an example of that i mean even though he pitched well last year, and again um, he passes the eye test on someone that a little bit more experience, uh, we'll will probably really find his own. But with that being said, he's he has been having some growing pains and some struggles this year, big time. I mean, um, his current yeah, st-
1: and you you know who's really got a um, who we really need to um, mention here is. Jason Alexander, is, is, he hasn't exactly set the world on fire, but he had a nice start again today and at the time that we taped this anyway. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, pretty, um, it's pretty good that, you know, he's, he was able to step up because, I mean, I obviously wasn't very familiar with him um, prior to this season. And for him, like, we, we had talked so much about how uh, our starting rotation depth was so good. And then here we have a a virtual no-name getting thrown into the mix. And like I said, he didn't set the world on fire, but he held his own. Like he's, um, he's certainly done better than I think most of us would have expected.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Head off to Mr. Costanza, Jason Alexander. I mean, Aaron, Aaron. Getting back to Aaron Ashby a little bit. Um, he is. He's two and ten on the year. Two wins, ten losses. For a team that's fighting for the playoffs, that's not necessarily a good mark. He does have one hundred and sixteen strikeouts in ninety six innings. However, a one point three four WHIP. He's walked forty three batters in ninety six innings. That's just not going to cut it at the major league level. He's given up quite a few hits too. So uh, four point five eight era i mean yeah that's that's a bit high um and so he like i said he's going through some growing pains i feel like next year his era could be a full run lower and that his record could literally be flipped to 10 and 2 rather than 2 and 10 so again if you watch him pitch you just you can see his, he's got a great pick pit uh mix of pitches all really high quality plus pitches Um, and so he's only 24 years old and I really feel that you know in a year or two he's going to be at least like a number three-ish starter if not if not better than that Um, so I really yeah give kudos to the front office for the signing again I think there's very little risk there from the front office and this is a deal that typically will really work out in our favor in the long term Um, so hopefully that that proves to be true so is there anyone else on the team right now that, that you feel is going to be kind of like an unsung pot, potential hero to help us, you know, make that push into the playoffs this year?
1: Um, certainly hope that Hero uh, and Mitchell are, are able to come close to sustaining the type of offense that they're, capable of and that they're having so far this year, but, um, I don't know. Still sounds weird saying it, but obviously it's nice to have Jace Peterson back. Um, the guy just gives quality at bats, like plays in a handful of positions. Like he's just a good guy to have on the roster and, um, he's just really good at working those at bats and working counts. And, you know, I just think. He he definitely could be that unsung player that, um, you know, steps up for us.
0: And it seems that since he's returned from the IL, he has been getting fairly regular at almost every day at bats at third base. And I think maybe that is because of the fact that he's hitting left handed, and um, a lot of the pitchers we've been facing the last week have been right handed, most likely. But um, that's probably the reason he's getting so many starts. But with that being said, I thought Louis Urias had really kind of earned everyday at-bats, but he's really now in almost like a straight-up platoon with Jace Peterson at third base, which I think is kind of telling how much the Brewers value Jace Peterson's left-handed bat and versatility, and also how much that they feel, you know, uh, Urias has not been hitting all that well in the past month. So I, you know, we'll see how that continues, but yeah, I think Jace Peterson has been very valuable that for us this year, for sure. Um, and again, I guess the other player we mentioned Keston here really seems to be swinging a hot bat right now. And with Rowdy Telez, possibly, you know, I don't know if I'll have to go on the IL, but he did hurt himself, um, and so I, th- I think that he will miss a little bit of time. And so kissing here, there's some darts f- uh, at first base for him, probably because of that injury. And I really feel that his hot back could really, you know, help us, you know, hang in there in this wild card race as we go down the stretch.
1: Yeah. And our anonymous stars, Tom Carter, did say that he thought that Rowdy was going to be back Wednesday or Thursday. So, um, you know, I, I, I have a feeling that he's hopefully going to be able to, um, you know, to avoid the IL, but I guess we'll see. You never know.
0: Yeah, And I guess for the rest of the rotation, I, um, we're just happy to, to have the whole rotation healthy at one. I mean, obviously Ashby is out and Hauser actually returned for one start and did not fare very well. And then I believe he went back on the, il himself if i'm not mistaken um which kind of so that's unfortunate but um but we do have the big three of burns woodruff peralta all healthy and Lauer as well um but yeah obviously we need ashby ashby will be coming back from the il also within the week so I, I think that it's smart as an organization to keep him in the rotation to weather these growing pains and, and, and keep his pitch as inning innings up this year so that he can pitch even more innings next year. And again, all the struggles he goes through this season will just make him better moving forward. So, um, yeah. So anyway, I think overall the team's really still fun to follow exciting and we, we will, you know, a lot of home games left. So if, if, you're listening to the podcast now, you should get out to American family Field and check out the brewers as they, they make a final push here to try to make the playoffs for, for the fifth time. for the fifth season in a row, that would be definitely um, quite the accomplishment for this franchise. Who's only made the playoffs um, a handful of times in their entire 50 plus year franchise history. So hopefully they keep that streak alive. We should. Yeah, let's hope so. Again, we were trying to keep it as positive as we can, but uh, we should mention that, fortunately, more injury news has come in. And that's Trevor, one of our trade deadline acquisitions, Trevor Rosenthal, right-handed pitcher required from the Giants. Um, He's most likely going to be done for the season. I think he's for sure done for the regular season. Um because of injury. And again, he was injured when we acquired him, but the news did come out that he's most likely not going to be pitching again during um at least the regular season. So that's unfortunate. Um because I think save him for the playoffs. I think the brewers <laughs> <laughs> I think the brewers did view him as someone who could fill that back of the Bullpen type roll down the stretch, maybe pairing with Williams eighth, ninth type of deal. Um, and unfortunately, he's probably not gonna see the field for us. So that's that is unfortunate. Um, with that being said, hopefully by our next podcast, Vince will be back on and hopefully Chad as well. Um it's been a while since we had Chad on, but uh yeah. Overall, exciting. I guess before we wrap it up, Scott, is there any, is there any team that right now seems like they're going to be making the playoffs that you'll be secretly rooting for in either the American league or the national league as far as a team that you would like to um, see succeed outside of the Milwaukee Brewers, obviously. Um,
1: probably the Cardinals. No, I'm just kidding. Screw them. Um, I don't know, maybe the Mariners, good young team. It'd um, be nice to see them. I mean, they've got, had such a lengthy playoff drought. It'd be nice to see them do something.
0: Yeah, that was the kind but. of I was thinking of when I mentioned the question, not, not to throw you a softball, but, I mean, that, that is a team. I mean, <laughs> people might be like, oh, the Padres haven't ever won a World Series either, but, yeah, screw them as well. Oh, great. Wonderful. Then we what, could be the-, the
1: only team without a World Series practically.
0: Well, no, the, the Mariners haven't won either, but, but yeah, we should also mention that we're talking about contracts been signed the last month that Julio Rodriguez, the rookie outfielder for the Seattle Mariners, who obviously has superstar potential, just signed a ridiculous like $12 million deal with the Mariners. Are so you're talking about taking a leap of faith in a young player. Um, that's and and it really just floored me and this is one i actually think that the player will potentially really regret signing because he to me projects to be like the next de facto one soto so he could have very well left a lot a lot of money on the table um this contract but with that being said it's tough to pass on that um I think it's like a 200 a minimum of like a 210 million dollar contract over 12 years and it could max out to all the way to like something like 40 or 470 million so yeah that's just an amazing contract um given to Julio Rodriguez so I think the Mariners and pretty much anyone around baseball thinks that he's going to be a borderline superstar so They'll probably end up working on the Mariners' favor, but it's still a huge, huge risk to take on a young player, that's for sure. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, but, yeah, overall, we'll, myself also included, will be rooting for the Seattle Mariners, assuming they do get in the playoffs. They're currently in a wild-card spot. So, um, yeah, that'll be exciting. So, yeah. Looking okay, so 2035. Um, in the
1: year 2035, I'll put a note in my calendar that – uh, a topic of discussion on our broker review podcast will be uh, looking back at the Odeo Rodriguez signing the, um who got the better of that deal.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Should be interesting. So, hope- you know,
1: I was just thinking this is definitely off topic and a weird tangent, but it
0: looks like the Brewers only have
1: like three days off for the rest of the season. And so I was thinking at first, I'm like, "Wow, with Ashby being hurt and us having our big three, is it possible that we'll go to maybe a four-man rotation or something like that in hopes of like making a playoff push?" And I think the answer is no, we will not. Um, There's a chance we might skip our fifth starter like once. I think that's about it.
0: Yeah. Sounds about right. So unfortunately, um hopefully the like I said, hope the brewers get healthy here real quick. Um Ashley should be back by I think Labor Day. Um and so hopefully he can start back in the rotation. But like you said, Jason Alexander has pitched admirably uh in the fill in spot starts they've made throughout the year, much better than I would have thought he'd he, he would have. So kudos to him taking We
1: will have a couple of bullpen games in there never
0: know yeah maybe yeah we'll see all right um well thanks for tuning in for fans and um yeah looking forward to final awesome month of september they'll bring us some october baseball hopefully here in milwaukee that will be exciting and then um yeah so thanks for tuning in west ellis remember stay classy and uh go brewers Go bird! Nah, 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 nah.